Welcome to the Catch Some Soul Shine podcast. I am Dawn Renee Beauvais, and I am joined today by Miel Fox, who is a fellow podcaster, was a guest on her podcast, and it was awesome. She is very insightful. She has a lot of knowledge about the numerology, and we had a heartfelt conversation, and I'm really excited for you to get to know her a little better. Before we get started today, I have a big favor to ask. I'm asking everyone who listens or watches this podcast to leave a rating and pass it on to your friends. If you're on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button, like this podcast, and share it with your friends. That really does help me, and I have a goal of 500 followers by June. Let's make it happen. So, Miel, I just want you to start out and introduce yourself and kind of tell people why you decided to do your podcast, because I've heard the story, but I think it's really heartfelt. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Hi, everybody. So happy to be here. I met Dawn through a mutual class where we were taking the class to learn how to podcast. The funny part is I had no clue what a podcast was. You can tell I'm a little up there, you know, year wise. And I was like, oh, podcast, that sounds fine. That sounds great. So uh, I signed up not knowing what, what I was doing. Then I'm like, oh, huh. Well, this sounds really fun because I like to talk. What a great way to chit chat, right? So I developed a podcast and what's very near and dear to my heart is to talk about listening to the whispers of our heart to really return home to ourselves, the the truth of who we really are, who we came here to be, to help people have the awareness. That's really kind of my my jam is that I have a capacity to sort of open the door a little bit and peek in so that people can start to develop the awareness of perhaps where they're blocking themselves from hearing their heart or they're hiding behind old conditioning programs, stories, mindset, belief. They tell themselves things, self-doubt, all the things that tend to hold us back from really engaging fully in the moment in our lives. So I developed my little podcast, which I'm really having a blast with. I got to say, I'm having a blast called the Energy of the Untamed Heart, because I really believe all of us as a divine spark from universe, we are a divine spark of love. Everybody, we are all connected, despite what appears that we're not, but we are. The only piece that makes us feel so separate is that we've lost touch with our heart. We've lost touch with the fact that we are all one. We show up in different human bodies, but we're essentially, we're all one. That's kind of my groove. What do I do on the podcast? I love that. When you were talking, I was thinking one of the things that I've adopted into my own philosophy, and this is about awakening brilliance after life's darkest moments. I've had a few of those in my life and everybody knows that I've talked about it before, but What people tend to misconstrue is that when you talk about your heart center and the universe and love, it's not the things that we add to ourselves. It's the things that we take away. We take away things that are blocking us. This is one of my favorite expressions. What's blocking me from the sunlight of the spirit? And that's what I have to remove, whether it's resentment shame, guilt, fear, anger. There's techniques that you can use and things that you can do to get rid of that 
so that you can be full light connected to the sunlight of the spirit. Because yeah, we're here to be happy, joyous, and free. We really are. Uh, we we really, really are. It's very interesting. So, you know, I don't want to drag us down into Debbie Downer time, but I think everybody experiences different levels of loss and grief. You've experienced yours several times over within your family. I've experienced similar within my family. It's not that you don't have moments where you feel like, oh man, I just can't dig my way out of this hole. However, if you can give yourself the grace to understand and accept without any judgment of that feeling in the moment, not attaching the judgment to it, that this is just part of the journey. It is actually, dare I say, at some point early on, sometimes the the loss and the grief of what we as human to human experience is so deep, it feels like, oh gosh, I can't get out of this. There is a place somewhere, and I don't know what that time frame is because it's different for everybody, but there is a place when you have the ever so small glimmer or awareness that it may not have to stay like that, that there is a way to find joy within the difficulty. There is a way to honor those who have passed by moving forward and bringing benefit and value through your service, through your how you should choose to show up in the world. That honors that person who isn't with us any longer. That's my, that's my perspective. Because I, I really think like if for my situation... I, you know, I lost my brother fairly acutely. We were very, very, very close. I think if I did not choose to lead my life in a more positive way, in a way to bring, take the tragedy of his loss, take the tragedy of everything that occurred and find the value and the benefit of how can I share and show people that there is joy even in the difficulty, I kind of view it as I would be doing a disservice to him, actually. I feel like if he were sitting next to me, he'd be like, what the heck is wrong with you? That you're not here to be crying over me for the next 50 years. You're here to carry on with what perhaps I could not carry on in earth. And yet for me, he's still with me. He's with me in spirit. I I know he's there. I have no question, no doubt. And when people go, well, how do you know? I know because I may look like this, but I know inside I am a piece of divine love. My brother was a piece of divine love. So therefore, we all came from the same place. He and I, and you, and Brad, we are all of that. And so to not honor the value of the time that those individuals came to us here on earth, to be with us, to share those steps along our journey, I, I almost think it's it's a little bit almost like of a, of a travesty to not seek out the joy despite the difficulty. I Um, totally agree. I feel like every loss that I've experienced has brought me closer to the light, which, you know, I choose to call God. Some people call it source, universe, energy. Those words are all interchangeable. Okay. I'm going to use this analogy. At my day job, I give people shots. The first shot, I say, okay, it's going to burn. It's going to hurt. And some people cry and some people swear. But I said, but it gets easier. Now, why is that? Because you're giving the same exact shot every single time, right? But it does. It gets more bearable. It gets easier. 
you have that experience. And depending on what you do with your experience, you can keep crying and get darker and deeper into despair with each time you come in, fear, oh, I can't get another shot. Or you can say, it's a moment in time. Yes, it hurts, but I know that I'll get through it. That's what my grief has taught me. I know that it's going to hurt, but I also know that I'm going to get through it. And once you're through that, everything's better. Like you have more appreciation for the little things. And when you were talking about, you know, your brother's with you. I talked about that on one of these episodes. It's like, do you see the signs? Because they're always there. If you choose to see them, you will. If you choose to not see them, you won't. 150%. Yes. And I think the capacity of to see them or hear them or feel them or know them, however that energetic exchange resonance comes through to us as as humans here, it's because it is a soul-to-soul communication that's going on. The language of that is the language of love. It's the language of energy. It's not, shall I say, filtered through what we as humans tend to filter our energy with. And what kinds of filters do we put on it? We put the fear in the filter, the lack of acknowledgement filter there. I'm going to hide behind whatever belief filter. It's a filter. It's a filter. Mm -hmm. It's, it's Mm -hmm. very, it's exactly what you described of why can I not see the sun through all the clouds when the clouds part, there is the sun. I mean, if you think about, uh, think about picket a rainstorm or, uh, you know, a snowstorm, You're like, I can't see the sun. I don't, I can't, is it there? It's always there. It's always there, but you just don't see it because it's being obstructed atmospherically in a storm scenario by the clouds. So when the clouds dissipate, there it is. And have you ever noticed after the most nasty storms, the strongest rainstorms, the strongest snowstorms, or the sandstorms, pick your storm. I don't care what your storm is. Have you ever noticed that when the storm blows through, the brightness and the beauty and the clarity of the sky and the sun is, it's like on steroids. I mean, it's not like a regular sunny day. It's like the bluest blue sky, the brightest bright sun, and smell interesting, all of it. And yeah. how interesting is it that occurs after the storm? When I think about that, I think about how does that apply to us here on our journey? And sometimes that dark, deep grief, the difficulty, the hard times, the shadow work that we have to go through, that's the storm. Mm-hmm. But if you can hold on to the faith and the trust that on the other side of the storm, there will be so much light, so much light that you will be able to bask in. And where does the light really come from? It comes from within and you radiate it out. It's that trust and holding on and looking for it and seeking it and knowing, hey, you know what? The storm doesn't go on forever because on the flip side of that is a beautiful sunny day. There it is. Like a child, when a child encounters a a storm of any kind, they're just fearful, trembling. It's, It's awful. And they can't see the way to the other side. And that's why the guidance of others, that's what pulls me to this work that I'm doing. I think you too, guiding people through the storm. I remember sitting in a recovery meeting 
right after Brad died. I just sobbed. I couldn't stop crying. This guy that was leading the meeting came up to me. He's a friend of mine, Kent. And he said, Dawn, it's okay. You come, you cry, you just keep coming. It's going to get better. You know, I didn't know if I believed that or not, but I just kept putting one foot in front of the other, one foot in front of the other. And finally, I got through that. He was one of those people that just kind of pulled me, pulled me through the storm a little bit. And I had a lot of those people, friends that had lost children that stepped forward to guide me. I had other friends that hadn't lost children and said, I don't know what this is like, but I'm here. We didn't cook a meal for four months. Four months. (laughs) I just couldn't believe it. The food just kept coming. That's why I believe what you're doing, what I'm trying to do is so vitally important because, you know, like children, people need that rope, that hand, that love to help pull them through the storm. Absolutely. I think where it sometimes gets very difficult when people get a little bit caught until they start to understand the fact that we truly are all connected is they feel like I'm an island. I'm on my own. I'm alone. I can't ask for help. Nobody will understand what I'm going through. I can't. I'm going to do this on my own. And they they try to turn in, push others away and turn in. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say the reality is as we learn to walk home to ourselves, as we learn to walk home to our heart, the people, as you're describing, your neighbors, your friends, your community, uh, the gentlemen in your in your session, these are the people who walk a portion of our journey with us as we walk home to our heart. I don't really think that there's any one individual who goes from A to Z with us. But I think as you travel through your life and you experience different things, you will walk a portion of the journey with somebody. And sometimes you are walking them home and sometimes they are walking you home. But the beauty of it is if you're willing to open yourself up enough to accept that love that someone is sharing when they say, I know you're struggling. Take my hand. I'll I'll hold your hand so you don't feel like you're going to blow in the wind. I got you. And then when the wind settles a little bit, they set you down and they say, now you see, now you can do it. And then you'll pay it forward to the next person who says, I can't do this. And you say, take my hand. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll walk part of your journey with you. And that's the beauty of it. That's really the beauty of it. I, like you, had people say, I have no clue what you're experiencing, but I can just tell you I'm holding space for you. And when I was you're ready, just I'm thinking here. that elaborate space? on that phrase of holding space because a lot of people misconstrue oh, sure. that. But I'd like you to talk oh, a little sure. bit about that. Sure, sure. I, I mean, I'm giving you my perspective of what do I believe holding space yeah. is. For me, when I when I think about holding space for someone, it means that I extend myself energetically with compassion to be a source of support energetically, unconditionally, with zero expectation or judgment affiliated with whether they respond, don't respond, agree, disagree, it's irrelevant. I'm just present as 
an individual from a deep soul perspective to, I don't want to say contain, that's not the word, to hug with compassion, a window, a space of energy as somebody is making their way through a difficult time. Yeah. So it's really hard. So so if somebody's, somebody's in a state of loss or they're in the process, they've either lost somebody, the process of losing somebody, uh, something's occurred. Of course we want to say, Oh, I love you. I'm thinking of you. I'm sending you hugs, like all the things we want to say. Mm -hmm. But when you're in that place where you really feel like you can't even breathe it hurts so much. You feel like you're literally just going to crumble. Like if somebody actually is in the room with you or maybe touches you, you're, you're just like, I can't, I can't take that. It's almost like overstimulation. You're like, I just can't take it. So when I say I am holding space for you, I'm saying I am holding energetic love for you that when you feel ready to come back, to entertain, accepting, and being open to receiving, I'm here. I'm here. I don't know if that makes sense. No, it makes perfect sense. And the the other thing is a lot of people, and, and rightly so, and it's good. Some people say, I'm praying for you. I'm sending you hugs. And and I've done the same thing, guilty. Mm -hmm. And I do mean it, but holding space is a deeper meaning because it's, It's being there energetically and also maybe checking in once in a while or just sending a little message of hope or giving an uplifting story. You know, sometimes I'll share things with people about their children that are just so special. They've lost them. I know that meant a lot to me. In turn, I pass it on to the next person that I can. It makes a huge difference. It makes an enormous difference. And I think, again, the phrase that comes to me when I think about holding space, two things come through my mind. One is you just never know how you can shift or change a life by that little tiny extension of kindness. For you might mean like, eh, nothing. I'm just going to shoot off a little message to Dawn this morning. And for you, you might be having like the worst day ever. And I send you like some funky little funny emoji. And all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, I feel so seen. I feel seen. I feel acknowledged. I feel valued. I feel like I'm important. Somebody out there thinks of me enough to send me a funny little emoji. Those little tiny acts are massive in the big Mm -hmm. picture. Huge. This conversation is so important. I've never had this conversation with somebody before. When people lose children... And I can speak from experience and I've talked to a lot of other, a lot of other moms. A lot of times people back away mm-hmm. because it is so painful to think of. They don't know what to say. They don't know what to do. And they back away. And honestly, that happened for a little bit with my daughter. I was in so much pain that she had to shield herself from me. She had to back away. I felt I almost grieved the loss of that relationship too, because we were so close. And then all of a sudden, there's this barrier all around me. I can't stress this enough. What Miel said is just so vitally important to shoot a little message, to send a text message, or just stop by randomly 
every so often because those are lifelines and they were my lifelines. I'm just in awe of what this conversation has transpired because I never really thought to put that out there, but it's it's so important. So thank you for elaborating on absolutely. that. Oh, absolutely. So one, I agree. I think it's vitally important. And what I would say is when you're at a loss of, I don't even know what to say, because I I don't have my own children. I, I don't have birth children is what I'm trying to say. Um, I've got, you know, a stepdaughter who is like a daughter, but I haven't experienced my own children. However, I absolutely can understand how one can feel at a complete loss. Like, oh my gosh, I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't want to, you know, make so-and-so even sadder. I don't want to dig the hole deeper. And so you go, whoa, I'm not really sure what to say. And here is what I feel about that. You don't have to dig deep for like some magical phrase like, oh, I'm so sorry for your loss. And oh, I, you know, I, what a terrible thing, blah, 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 or I don't even know what to tell you. First of all, you could be honest. Don, I'm holding space because I love you. I'll be totally honest. I don't know what to say, but I want you to know I love you. And that's it. That is so meaningful to receive that you don't have to like bog yourself down with, oh my God, I don't know what to say. Because truthfully, there sometimes there just are no words. There are no words. That's all there is to it. The other thing that I will say is when you have to think twice about, well, what am I supposed to say? What am I going to say? That's your mind talking and not your heart talking. Because when you come to somebody you care for, your heart talks and allow your soul to speak through your heart. And the words or the hug or the whatever will come. Yeah. It will come because it is difficult. It is difficult. It is. Yeah. I, I tried a lot of different things to help me through the darkness. I went to some groups and that wasn't working. And then I tried therapy. I just wasn't feeling it. And then and then I started finding these. I don't know, you can call them art alternative or different modalities. I did this EMDR therapy with the light therapy in the eyes. It was remarkable. And I went to some psychics and people have their beliefs about that. But I found tremendous peace with mm-hmm. what they told me. Tremendous. Mm-hmm. People would reach out to me that were visionaries or, and I, I kept thinking, why isn't Brad coming to me in a dream? Like I'm open, I'm tapped in, whatever. But I did not, I could not have those. And then I had somebody reach out to me about this dream that she had about Brad. I still remember it to this day. You know, I had people reach out and tell me stories. His friends from Florida where he was, they all wrote like these one page notes and they put it in this huge book and mailed it to me about his compassion and his kindness and his wit and his humor. It was just full. Things like that are just mind boggling. And then, you know, when I talked to you, you were telling me about, you know, the numbers and the energetic responses Mm. to those. And there's no right or wrong. There's so many paths to recovery and find something that helps you. I've I'm really dedicated to journaling and meditation and prayer, 
but I want sure. people to be able to find you if they want to have some type of mentorship with talking one-on-one. Yeah, on one. yeah, yeah. Like I'm all over the place. But let's see. The website is called foxdenenergetics.com. The private Facebook group, same name, Fox Den Energetics. The timeline Facebook and Instagram is just Miel Fox, M-I-E-L-L-E Fox. I do a once a month virtual meetup if people want. It's called Unconditionally You. We just pick a topic every month and kind of get together and have a little convo. So that's kind of fun. The podcast is called Energy of the Untamed Heart. That's on all the platforms. Just go Google it up. You'll find it. I'm happy to have a chat with anybody. I will tell you the best part of doing a podcast. It has allowed me to connect and meet the most amazing people on this earth without the beauty of technology and being willing to try toe in the water and just go with it. It has just opened the world. Dawn's going to be on my summit. So uh uh-huh, uh-huh, doing Uh the Lead from the Heart Summit. And she's going to be on that. So that's going to be fun too, right? It is going to be be fun. When you had me on your podcast, I was like, oh, I got to get her on mine. I got to get her on here because we had an in-depth conversation then too. I'm so happy that you're here today and we're going to do this again. Thank you for having me. So much fun. You're welcome. Yeah. Thank you.